Hello and welcome to the second episode of Beyond the Beat. I'm your host, Rona Hoskin. And I'm Tom Burgess. And today we're going to be talking about editor roles. This week we're both on the editor team, along with Daisy, Aled and George. Um, I'm the print editor. And I'm going to be on socials. And we've done Tuesday production and Friday production is tomorrow. But we'll talk a bit about our experience on Tuesday. We've also both done uh, previous roles. Uh, I've, we've both done news editor roles, and uh, we'll be able to sort of share our, our thoughts and potential advice on different roles and what happens in the newsroom on production days. Yeah, so if we start with the editor roles, as news editor maybe. So um, I think we were both news editor right at the start of term. I was the second news editor ever. Yeah. And I, I, <laughs> put it this way, I was not great. Uh, I feel like it's more of a, it's an experience, but you don't really get told what what a good news editor is, other than like I remember I was I'd put myself down for news editor, and Harry came up to me and was like, "You need to know everything about everyone's stories," and I was like, "Oh, really? Like I've put out this? We, we have a, a Google Doc that everyone puts their stories in every week, um, now twice a week." And I thought, to be fair, I thought it was it was good enough just to like have read that or even maybe not have fully memorized it. Just have the sheet in front of you. But actually, that's not that's not enough. Uh, so, yeah, I found that getting people to like send you voice notes of what their stories are, because even when you say, oh, can you tell me a bit like if you message them and say, like, can you tell me a bit more about your story? Because you're typing, like, people can't be bothered. Like, I can't be bothered. I'm not going to lie. When people, when other editors are like, oh, can you tell me a bit more about your story? I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to voice note you because I really can't be bothered to type it. And you say more naturally mm-hmm. that way, I think. Definitely. I think I think the editors that have done a really good job have definitely known a lot more about the stories than, say, I did when I did <laughs> news editors. I took a hands-off approach, and that, that may have been nice for the mood of the newsroom. I think it is, I think man management is actually quite important on yeah. the day, especially because sometimes people can get quite stressed out with their stories. They can be complicated. Mm. Like, for example, on Tuesday, Harry's story had legal issues or whatever, yeah. and I feel like Daisy was on top of that and sort of knowing what was going Very on. calm approach. Definitely. Mm. Um, and I think sort of making sure everyone is fairly calm but also isn't sort of feeling too pressured. It's, it's a hard balance to strike. Um, but Daisy, yeah, Daisy did a really good job of getting voice notes and sort of understanding the re- really the ins and outs of people's stories. Like, did you see her sheet? When we had um, every every Tuesday and Friday, we have like a, a production newsroom meeting with Kathy and Mike. And like her uh, her page was full of annotations already before the meeting from just having spoken to people and stuff. So she knew the information of, like off the top of her head. Yeah, she was she was good. It was I, I was really impressed by by how much she took from the meeting as well. Like yeah. when I I, oh God, <laughs> I remember the meeting, I sort of Kathy kept asking questions about different elements of the stories and I just had to keep asking the people themselves. I you calling back to me yeah, going, like, we <laughs> Yeah, I, I think was more than happy to oblige. Oh, I like you know everyone likes talking about their stories. Everyone's a bit obsessed yeah. with it. I think I think that's the, that's one of the hard parts. I think is sort of balancing is how to know. Do you know enough, or could you maybe know too much about it? I don't know. I feel like I stories feel like change you can a lot know on the day. Too much about it. That's the thing. Stories change 
so quickly. Like you could have voice noted the day before and then all of a sudden it's changed. Like I remember I had one about a London food bank, all prepped, I'd written it, it was all prepped. And then an FOI came back, the classics. And uh, I was so, I just threw away the, I mean, I didn't throw away, you know, I'm, I'm kept it, I saved it. You stored it away I for a rainy it day. away for tomorrow's article. But uh, not tomorrow's article, Tuesday, sorry. Um, but so I then had to, I think Ellie was editor that week. I had to completely just like voice note her or like talk to her about that because suddenly it completely changed and it wasn't what she had in her notes, you know. I think it's that it is that balance of being flexible as well. I think it's mm-hmm. it's really it's really easy at least. I think if I was to do it again, I'd be really like focused on finding out everything I could about every element of the story. What mm. street did they live on, you know? So yeah. how old were they? That sort of thing. All the questions that Kathy is going to ask. And I think Mike's really shown me recently that actually, for me particularly, to be a good editor, I'm not amazing with grammar. And so the way I try and proofread is now to sort of ask questions the audience would ask, sort of Mm. why is that important, sort of questions that aren't just does this read okay? It's more about what information is missing from it. That's what I try to do. And that's kind of, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say more important because it's not, but... It's the stuff that most people aren't doing when editing. You know, most of the time people are just editing like typos or, and to be honest, sometimes like as editor, you're expected to read over everyone's articles once they're done before they get sent to Kathy and Mike or um, uploaded depending. And you kind of have to be on top of all of that but that also means reading a lot of people's articles which some like my brain goes dead after a while especially in the newsroom where it's like everyone is quite loud and you're suddenly in a room full of 22 people which during the rest of the week we aren't there's never everyone in there usually um and so it can be quite overwhelming but yeah you have to you have to edit people's articles and like provide good feedback but i found when i was editor i was like a bit shy of telling people that I didn't like this part or I didn't like that part. There are, there are different leadership styles though. Like I think it is, I find it really difficult to tell people what to do, just mm. full stop really. I'm very much the sort of <laughs> joker of the dream. I don't necessarily, <laughs> I find it quite uncomfortable to have to sort of say, could you get this to me then? Can you change that? These sort of yeah. things that as a leader you've got to do. Mm. And I think, um, I think we've definitely, from over the weeks, we've definitely seen a progression of sort of how the editor role uh, is done. And I think it is only getting better. I think from seeing all people's mistakes and the strengths of what they've done, we're we're all getting a lot better at doing it. Yeah. It's also like, I feel like I have all of the editor roles. News editor is probably one of the easier ones just because it doesn't have, like sports editor has the added responsibility of print. Uh, social media and multimedia is hard. <laughs> we'll get onto that. Yeah, as is print. Um, but it's also the one where you kind of have the most responsibility over everyone. Like, yeah, you might not be doing much in the sense of like physical work, but you are making sure that everyone is okay, making sure their stories are okay. Kind of, you're the support of the newsroom. And if someone needs something, they'll come to you. 
I think it's one of those, it's the role where there's most to do before the day itself, yes. maybe. Aside yeah. from print, I think, actually. Print, yeah. you're doing everything before. Mm. Um, but with news... I haven't, I, th- I haven't clocked that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how you do tomorrow. <laughs> um, with print, it's one of those where, I mean, with news, it's one where before you also need to look at live stories for the day. Mm. And I thought that was something that I did try and do as much as I could. I think I did, I found like a winter wonderland and mm. something. In the end, it didn't open when it said it did on the mm. website, and it completely oh, fell apart. That one, yeah. um, but I think that's an, that's an element of it that maybe hasn't been used as much recently. I feel like there've been fewer live stories, but maybe that's because I've been busy. The thing is, I think live stories on the day of production is it. I don't know. It, it's one of those things that is either so adrenaline filled and just amazing, or it's so draining, and you have to go home and stare at Will for it. <laughs> next two hours like (laughs) there's there's the thing is doing it on the day at least with production like you've got your article I mean I'm quite on it with I think you are too like we know what we're writing quite a few days if not a week before we actually have to write it in which case like at the moment I've started writing my articles fully the day before because what is the point in being stressed especially since actually it needs more work so yeah I might write the first draft but then it gets edited. That's the key. And then I'm like, okay, yeah. And then, okay, by 12 o'clock, I still, do, I mean, I'm still working. <laughs> like, I'm still working on the article that I wrote yesterday. Just because different people have different approaches. And also, WordPress takes so long like well, wordpress can be a whole episode yeah. of its own but mm. but i do i do completely agree like monday nights and thursday nights i do spend writing the next yeah. day's piece yeah because you're right i need to at least get a couple of people to proofread the sort of grammar but also sort of have i included enough is it a mm. good story i think that's one of the well, that's one of the hardest parts of this whole experience is sort of letting other people read your work and i mean obviously as journalists, we're always going to be doing that. But it is, it's, it's not got less scary. But it's also people that you know reading it. So I've got a few people that I pick to read mine because they're good at editing and they, are, they, they aren't too lenient, but they aren't too harsh to the point where, like, it's just bad. So, like, I'm, I'm not... I'm not marked down a few pegs every time I send it, but like it's helpful criticism when it is critici- like uh, criticized. But like with the that's that's kind of one of the problems with live stories, I think, because you've finished your article, you've had it edited. You you might be a bit disappointed with how it's come out, and also when you've spent that long, I love it. You might be a bit disappointed. <laughs> There's never, there is never a production day that I've, even when I've written one of like the best stories I've ever written, there's never a day that I haven't like sat there and looked at it published and just thought, I never want to read that again, (laughs) you know? But with live stories, you've got to that point in, in, in the day, you're like, okay, that's done, nice, don't have to think about that. Live stories, then you have to start from scratch within like a few hours, so you know, sometimes it's multiple people on stories. I remember right at the very beginning of term, I think it might have been the very first production day, me, Ben, um, George and Tom Carter went, well, Ben stayed and wrote the article, but, oh, and Daisy, we all went down to the Cardiff Bay to report on the anti-vax, anti-mask uh, it was protest. It was a protest. Yeah. yeah. 
we we got some it was it was yeah we got some good photos um ben wrote a really good article it was adrenaline filled maybe because of the nature of the live story and also the fact that i didn't have to write it but like that was fun i enjoyed that but then going out and getting vox pops and stuff like that for like live stories i i hate talking to people that i haven't organized to talk to do you know what i mean i think it's all with vox pops there's the whole um uncertainty of sort of how valuable the opinion you're getting actually is mm. i think that's um it's, it's really tricky actually because i find approaching people on the street it's not just uncomfortable for you but it's also you see how uncomfortable it is for them yeah. <laughs> particularly when you're you're having to record or whatever because yeah. Um, that puts an extra stress on people. Um, but, but yeah, live stories are a pain. But as news editor, you've got to sort of juggle that and also the, the complicated and late stories of the day. Mm. So you've, got, you've often got those three lanes. You've got the stories that have been finished the night before that are going out early. And then you've got the complicated live and late stories. Yeah, and it's, like you said earlier, it's your responsibility to find the live stories and to get people on it. So quite often there's like Sanith debates or meetings that are covered live or live blogged and it's your duty as a news editor to pick the people that will do that and quite often it's people that have done it before because they actually know how to do it but like that is that's kind of another part of that I guess but yeah um do you want to talk about social media wow yes I do <laughs> socials I I wrongly thought that socials was the easiest role um, I don't know how you thought that. <laughs> I, I think it's because you didn't have to write a story and there's not much you can do before the day. Mm. You need to, because basically you need people's st stories to be written and published before you can start doing the process of getting them scheduled or publishing them on Twitter or Facebook. I, I should probably explain. So the socials role is Facebook and Twitter and sort of scheduling people's posts and when they go out. And then there's multimedia, which is TikTok and Instagram. And for that, you're sort of making videos or graphics and making short, short, short sort of sketches almost. Um, and I this week I've been on socials and it's it's relentless throughout the day. Like there's no break. You're constantly watching to see has a piece gone out and then sort of trying to tag the right people, make it as sort of as good a post as it can be. And that's so frustrating because it's sort of, you might have say three pieces suddenly be published at once. And it, it, for me anyway, it was the frustration of, oh, I sort of, I've tagged some really good people in that, that's gonna get some really good sort of audience numbers. Whereas there are some pieces where they might not have a Facebook page, the person it's talking about, or it's not a particularly popular topic. And for that, even if it's an amazing piece, it's difficult to, get a big sort of audience on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and that's not even to mention the fact that on Twitter, the link clicks are so painfully low. Um, I mean, we can discuss that. I mean, sort of Facebook sort of hoovers in a massive audience, um, especially if it's shared on multiple pages. But with Twitter, despite thousands of impressions, loads of people might scroll past it, but hardly anyone actually reads it. You'll have maybe 20 likes on a good story and one link click or something. And it is hard when you yeah. try to make it as good as it can be. But it's, it's also important to like ride off the back of the people you've tagged and the hashtags, isn't it? Because like um, Jared's story got retweeted by the Pixies, right? That like did that have have you looked at the it didn't get retweeted it only got liked oh. which is brutal because it shows they've looked at it seen it but then not actually retweeted. pushed it yeah <laughs> which is unfortunate because uh, retweets are the key yeah. likes actually don't sort of Do make much. it enough yeah. 
Um, but it is it really is sort of can you get those people in your story to share it and uh, to their people it's it really is a ripple effect finding the people that are interested and like getting into that bubble definitely I mean with community stories that's what they're really good for if you've done say like I, I mean I'm trying to think of a good example um say like the repair cafe story I did ages ago well, that was a group of people who are part of a national organization but also a local level so you, there was the potential for it to to keep rolling if the local group retweeted it and stuff it didn't blow up hugely but it's 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 a small group of people that are really interested mm. so you see on the statistics that some stories get absolutely tons of views but um but it's not actually interacted with too much um you some of the stories that actually have the best interactions look like they haven't done well. Like they have, they might have 100 or 200 views as opposed to like Ed's piece the other week um, that had thousands. And actually maybe it's sometimes the smaller pieces that have the most interactions. Mm. And it's also like the social media part is annoyingly so important, isn't it? Like it doesn't matter if you've written a good piece because if it's not shared properly and it's not, put out there into the internet it's not it's not going to be read people don't necessarily go to the website every week and think oh i'm going to read the cardiffians news articles like it really does depend on reaching the audience that it's meant to reach which means that unfortunately that is like kind of a big responsibility and also it's a lot of work because to do it properly yeah it's a lot isn't it well i think that's the thing i think when i, I completely underestimated it because every week i quite like doing my own tweets mm. so I, I put it out on my facebook or twitter if i'm particularly proud of it and i think usually i thought oh the cardiffians one was good or whatever but but then i quite like sort of trying to find the right people to tag and all that it's fun when it's just one tweet mm. it, and then when you've got to suddenly put out 16 of them and they're coming out at different times of the day and also scheduling and things Scheduling's a lot more difficult than i'd thought I don't um, even know how you would go about that. On Facebook, there's a whole like it's in it's like metaverse sort of oh, thing. Wow. So it's that you can schedule Instagram and Facebook posts, um, and it is it's harder than I thought. But mm. um, I feel like once I'm going to be a lot better on Friday because now I know what I'm doing. Yeah, I think I really did sort of technology is not my strong point. <laughs> I jumped into the deep end. Um, so we will see. It's. It's a fun one. I'm glad I did it. I think the three yeah. roles I wanted to do were news, socials, because it's my weakest point, yeah. and print probably at it's some point. It's important to do what scares you, I think. Like, I want to do social media. I've put myself down for it. And I know I'm going to hate it because I don't do social media. I don't like it. But that's on a personal level. I just... You know, I just don't like the way that it can be so toxic. It's a vital part of yeah, a journalist's toolkit. it's essential. And it's also essential, even if you aren't on the social media team of a newspaper, you as a journalist need to be able to put your articles out there. And I, to be honest, I don't. I don't do that yet. I've been doing it maybe slightly recently, but not, not as much as... I think in, in digital, Gavin talked about how actually it's going to be you pushing your pieces mm -hmm. most of the time. Like some newspapers don't have socials teams and therefore yeah. you've got to be the one sort of showing what you can do. And it, it really is that sort of you're pitching a tiny piece out into a void mm. of the internet out <laughs> and trying to get it to, to be read by as many people as possible. Because the thing is, is that usually you do want to sort of get as much as many eyeballs on it as possible. Yeah, yeah.
But no, speaking of sort of things that I'm dreading, print. Tell us about print editing. Oh. Well, um, it okay, despite my initial sigh, it is fun. In design, once you get the hang of it, it is fun. It's just a case of prep, I think. I think lots of people I've seen, lots of people do, like Friday, they do like the entire 11 pages. But I don't know how they do that because like on Tuesday, I was told, you know, work from the back. So Tuesday's stories will be less relevant on a Saturday print day, but they might still be relevant. So I put in a few, I made, I finished the last page um, on Tuesday. I started on like the next four spread and I didn't fill it because I didn't have enough stories. Because the thing is, you are waiting for other people's stories. Like you are, you are basically just, it's the same as social. You're like, in limbo. Yeah. You can't really do anything. And people are like, oh, well, design the page. How do you design the page when you don't know what the page, like... I guess you get sent the pictures, but you don't know how you don't know how long the article is. You don't know how much it's gonna change. Um, and to be honest, you have to chase people for their photos a lot. Like it's the same for social. I think it's one of those things where it, I mean, I was exactly the same before I did the role. It's where you don't actually know how annoying it is mm. <laughs> until you're on the other side. That's why everyone should do all the roles. Yeah. It's because. You don't understand sort of people's stress unless you've done it. You just think, oh God, why are they so stressed? Uh, they're only missing one <laughs> picture, but actually they're missing everybody's pictures. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with, with print though, it, I think the people that have done a really good job have done stuff on Tuesday. I yeah. think that's essential. Um, but yeah, print looks scary. It's difficult just because <laughs> InDesign does this annoying thing where when you insert text, if it exceeds the text box, a little red cross comes up. Okay, nice, you make a new text box. That's how you do your follow-up columns, nice. Well, sometimes it reformats itself. So where you've spent maybe half an hour making it perfect, it all fits. You can change the um, space between the letters and the space between the word lines, right? That is a lifesaver. I learned that from my previous job at um, the student newspaper last year, but I didn't do very many uh, InDesign pages that year because of COVID and, you know, we didn't have it on our private laptops. So I didn't have loads of experience. I just kind of dipped my toe into it. But I knew that little technique and uh, it was a lifesaver. But once I printed it out, I got someone to look over it and they were like, this looks like you've, have you done this on purpose or have you just made a mistake? And I was like, oh damn, okay, now it, it, I see what they mean, like it doesn't look good. So you then have to try and make it consistent between each article, which they're all different lengths and people don't cut them. Also, <laughs> I've discovered people don't necessarily spell check their articles before they send it to me, mainly probably because I'm, I'm hounding people for them. It's like it's the first draft. That's fine, but it does make my life a lot more difficult and if you wait for everyone's to be the finished product in the sense like Kathy and Mike have marked it and it's published, you're waiting till the end of the day. Like, and it's too late. It's too late unless you want to spend the rest of your evening while everyone else is at the pub. 
you know, doing InDesign. Like, you have to just do it. And I guess you cut the bits that you think is relevant to cut. Um, you get someone to look over it and spell check because what looking at the computer for that long, it, like, it, it's oh, hard. It makes my brain hurt. <laughs> it really <laughs> print, hurts. Print sounds like it makes your brain hurt. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to lie, it really did. But it is fun. I am kind of dreading tomorrow just because I know I've got, like, eight pages to do and a front page and no one's got, like, particularly front page photos, you know? But... I guess we'll figure it out on the day. <laughs> you will, you will, you'll be fine. But my question is, is how are you going about sort of theming? I think that's one of the things that I haven't really got a grasp of what they mean. <laughs> so Gavin and Kathy will talk about sort of the themes of the spread and how it, whether it looks like a whole. How's that going like? I winged it <laughs> and it worked. Excellent. So weird, a bit weird. My brain must be working unconsciously for this because I had John's article about, which I feature in, um, about scams, about the COVID scams, which I got scammed in. Fun little fact. That's a little one to hook people in onto that story. Nice. Yep. Um, I had his, and then I also have someone else's article. I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, yes, it's Freddie's, when he went to court about... Um, it's a great the, story. <laughs> the guy that said that he was Ozzy Osbourne and then bit a policeman. <laughs> and there's a good title for that as well. We've got um, Omicron, the the text scam. And then we've also got um, oh, Snack Sabbath. <laughs> oh, God. I love it. I can't take credit for, for um, Snack Sabbath, but... I'll take a little. Omicron. I'll take half credit because I worked with Elliot on the the Omicron. Oh no, I didn't. I lie. <laughs> <laughs> John did that one. John did that one. I came up with a different pun for a different article. Nice. Um, Tom Carter's actually. That's the thing, right? You have to redo everyone's titles because they're too long. And for print, I mean, sometimes I've got like a nib, which is like just a column, just down the side. So I have four columns on my each page. Um, and sometimes an article will span the entire four columns and half the page. Sometimes it's one column. Sometimes it's, you know, whatever. It differs. That's the thing. Sometimes maybe that's where you uh, plan it. I don't know. I haven't planned it, to be honest, because I think I need to wait. I need to, the creative juice need to flow when I've seen the article, you know? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> it takes time. But yeah, you have, to, you have to be witty to come up with like eye-catching titles. And it's not my strong point. I'm not going to lie. It's not my strong point. Hopefully but on the day you can get some good help for backup on the wittiness. Elliot is good at that. Elliot is good at that. But, um, yeah, it's a case of... I, I mean, I think that's the other thing. Now I've done print, I'm more aware that people need that. So in future, I think I'll probably try and come up with something short and snappy for the print editor but yeah it is fun it's just a case of like designing everything so that it fits but yeah well i think i think those are the sort of the three sort of main roles really there is sport mm. editor on the week and but neither of us have done that have you talked about multimedia i mentioned multimedia but i haven't actually done it so i think that's one of the sort of it's difficult in terms of graphic design mm. i think george has been at george's multimedia this week and he's been working on some instagram videos i'm um, use canva mm. to sort of make nice sort of various slide clips 
Um, and TikTok seems to be sort of probably the funnest part of being editor, I guess, mm. uh, roping people into that. Although mm. people often are very reluctant, um, myself included. Myself included. <laughs> um, but I think that, that that looks quite fun. It's it's a new platform, so it's important that we do sort of come to grips with it and yeah. try to make it work for journalism. Yeah. Um, but I think multimedia, is the difficulty lies in the graphic side, making it a nice video and things. Um, but I can't really talk about that because I've no, never done it. never done it, yeah. It looks fun from the outside, but then again, so did social and print, so... They're all hard. They're all hard. And, like, with sport, sport is a bit like news editor, but it's also a bit like print, because, like, Alid this week has to do... He has to hound people for their stories, know their stories off by heart. He did a really good job in the conference, conference. call, because he'd already read people's... And he'd already given feedback and been like, yeah, that's really good, but you need to focus more on this. Like, he is, he's on it, to be fair. Um, and he's really good at InDesign as well. So he's kind of sorted with that. But the thing is, we have to confer. So sport and news has to look similar. It has to follow the same thing, which meant that when I decided to... Some, something as small as uh, decreasing the size of the font, I did it, didn't think twice about it, and then, like, two hours later, I was like, Alan was like, oh, I think that's as much as I can do today. Like, two hours later, I was like, Alan, what size is your font? He was like, 12. I was like, oh, oh dear. Mine's, mine's 10. And then I asked Kathy, and Kathy was like, oh, absolutely not 12. And I was like, yes, thank you. But then it meant way more work for Alan. So all of his text box now are going to be, like, messed up. I think, he, I think he sorted it, but I felt bad. You have to confer, you know? Yeah, it's a team. It's... it's it's hard making both into sort of one effectively. There's yeah. got to be one sort of concise yeah. whole. It's kind of good that we sit opposite each other because I can just talk over the computer as can he. So if he was across the room, it would be a little bit harder. But yeah. Um, I think, I think sort of, I, I was going to link Canva into video pieces um, as a sort of an area that we can sort of discuss further. We've both been working on video pieces recently and I think episode three will yeah. be um, a sort of a deep dive into video pieces and how hard they are. They're a whole yeah. nother sort of... Whole nother thing. Kettle of fish. And rewarding but also painful. Oh yeah, Premiere Pro is, oh my word. I've not even started using that, I've started using iMovie. I haven't, well, we can talk about we'll the sort of pros and cons of these next week. Yeah. But yeah, thank you for listening, guys. Um, that's all from us from Beyond the Beat. 